Footy Ado, a delusional soccer podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. And this story is called Apologies. Dear Liverpool Football Club and fans, I would like to formally apologize for my disrespect in last week's episode, saying you had no chance to win the Champions League. I was wrong for counting you out, and now more than ever, I need to be on your side. You see, I've been critical of Jurgen Klopp in the past for not winning trophies, but after finishing second in the league with 97 points and reaching your second straight Champions League final, I'm starting to believe. Not necessarily because I want to, but because I have to. If I have to utter the words on this podcast, Tottenham Hotspur, champions of Europe, as more than a hypothetical, I will not survive. So I hope you can accept this apology and understand that although you may not want it, you have my full backing. You'll never walk alone. We've really come full circle on this podcast. Full circle, boys. Um, yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been a it's been a rough uh, couple of weeks for you, my guy. I've I've had better times in my life, like the time when the Mets blew the World Series. That was better. It was uh, it was different. It wasn't happening right now, so I'd like to think that anything in my life that's happened before now is better. Okay, you would like to think that. Yeah, I'm trying to convince myself that yeah. you know this is this is the low point. Yeah. Uh, well, don't say that yet because the game hasn't even been played yet. So there, I don't know what game you're talking about. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I really do. I don't know. I do not know what to tell you. I do not know how to console you. Ha, say it goes the way that it it might it might potentially go. Um, it's going to be a rough couple of days. But the 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 thing for me is, I don't even have the chance to watch the Champions League final. I don't know how much I'll have the opportunity to check my phone during the Champions League final. I have a work event that I will be working all day long. Um, So I will miss everything uh, about the Champions League final. And honestly, for once, I am not upset about that. Right. We went to we went to a discussion about. um, Your your Champions League final viewing roadblocks that you've had ac- across uh, the past couple of years. Yeah, and some of them have been, I- I've enjoyed myself uh, while the final was on. Some of them I've been working for. So um, one way or another, I find a way to miss the Champions League. Um, the only time really that I, I can remember it being like a exciting event was seeing uh, Mumford and Sons on the beach in Seaside. Uh, during the final, so that was a a good consolation, I guess. Yeah, when we were following the game as it was going on, that was when uh, when Barcelona beat Juventus. I believe it was what three one. Uh, yeah, either two one or three one. I think yeah, I think Suarez scored twice in that final. Yeah, got, got also that ball. that was the day um, that the the long the long curse of no Kentucky or no, uh, no triple crown winner 
ended and I didn't get to see that. So yeah. Nikki ran a over big sport. Yeah. Nikki had ran over uh, from from our spot and at the, at the concert because we were like the concert was on the beach right next to the boardwalk. There's bars up there, so Nikki left and went up there to watch the race and and got to see it. So yeah, that, there was a lot going on that weekend. That was a fun weekend. One of my favorite. It weekends. was. It was. Yeah, it was just you know a lot of a lot of sporting events that you know I would have liked to witness. I uh, I didn't see, but it wasn't wasn't a lost cause that weekend. But let's get to the football um city have done it they retained the premier league title the first team to do that in 10 seasons um and they uh you know two less points than last season so really they they dropped off lucky to win this title right oh yeah major drop off quality has been uh few and far uh, between with this this team this season now uh, in in all seriousness it's it's incredible what they have been able to do 198 points in two seasons is remarkable and uh this could be a team that we're looking at uh with the potential of a three p which is something we we haven't seen in i don't i don't know i don't know how long it's been since that happened or even if it has happened honestly i'm 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 blanking on on the history there but Incredible season. Yeah. Um, like you said, 198 points, uh, 32 wins in each season. So 64 wins over uh, two seasons. I want to say in the two years, it's something like only six losses between the two seasons. Um, but well, yeah, Chelsea had, broken, Chelsea had broken the record for most wins in a season by getting 30. And then City got beat it twice and Liverpool tied it. Yeah, incredible. Liverpool tied it and didn't win. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, Pep Guardiola came to England, and in his first season, they they hadn't uh, really looked like a team that was going to challenge for the title um, for a lot of the season. It looked like they were struggling. They were an aging side, and people said, you know, Pep's going to have to adjust to English football. He's not going to win his way, and... Those people are uh, very quiet right about now because he did not adjust to English football. He is changing English football, and it's for the better. Look look at the success of not just Man City, but look at what other English teams realize they have to get to. They need to step their game up to a, to a completely different level. And whether or not they're doing that in the league or um, in Europe is it's it's showing that um, they have they have a lot to a lot to improve on, but it's it's pushing them forward. Yeah, yeah, and I mean you see you're seeing it around around the league. You know, managers are are, are being brought in. Like particularly, uh, what I hear around Chelsea a lot is that you know what they're trying to do with their fluid attacking football is they're trying to they brought in someone like Maurizio Sarri, who's going to have a similar style to, to Pep Guardiola. So it's very much the the new way people are going to try try to adapt. I don't know how sustainable it is. I mean, you look at how successful teams have been in, in recent years before Pep came in and changed the mold. Um, plus, I mean, I don't know how many managers out there can do what Pep can do. Um, but I mean, you look at, you look at second place team, you look at Liverpool, they have a very attractive, different style of football that, you know, 
isn't one that always has been successful in the Premier League, and and they're showing that it's a way that can be played, and you can win doing it that way. I think sustainability and the questions surrounding that mostly comes from the fact that Pep hasn't spent uh, loads of time at one club. You know, he had success with Barcelona, won a couple Champions Leagues, uh, won the Liga a few times, and then left. Then he went to Bayern and won the league every year he was there, um, but failed to win the Champions League. And in three seasons now, he's won, he's got two league titles. He's got uh, how many Carabao Cup titles? Um, two at least. He's got the last two. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember if they won his first year. Um, they're going after an FA Cup next weekend, but they haven't gotten the champions league, but still he's it's three years. Um, you have to think how, how much longer does Pep stay with city? Um, I think he'll be there for a little while longer considering it's, it's almost to a point of, you know, where, where would he go next? But um, it, that's the biggest question mark for me. It's not, you know, can he, can he do this for a long time with man city? It's, Will he do it? Will he even give himself the chance or is he going to leave after next season or the season after? So um, there, there's always going to be those question marks considering his, his past history and uh, how he doesn't stay with clubs uh, too long. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be interesting because I think, you know, as successful as they've been, the narrative still is he still needs to, to win that champions league outside of Barcelona. So um, I think that could dictate essentially, but I, where he could go, but again, like you said, I don't know where he could go, where he's in a better position than he is at city to, to do that. So it, it will be interesting to see how long, how long he does last. And it will, you know, it's going to be interesting to look back on him and try and, you know, figure out how much of a success his time in England was. Uh, based on based on what trophies he wins, not just how many, but which ones he he is able to get while he's here. Yeah, um, you know they they're going after. Uh, it's not the treble they would have hoped for, but it's still nonetheless a domestic treble that they're going after um, in the FA Cup final. Um, which I think we're getting a little out of hand with what we're calling success in in football right now because trophies are success. Now you, you didn't win the champions league, but you know, there's only one, there's only one winner of each competition. There's only, there's four trophies you're after. Um, and to win three of them and to say, ah, oh, well, but he didn't win the champions league. So is it, can you call it success? Yes, you can call it success because they've, like we've said, they've got 198 points in two league seasons, 64 wins, only six losses. And to say that's not success is ridiculous. Now to say it's different. If you say, you know, they wanted the champions league. That's one that has eluded them. You're, you're absolutely right, but you can't say that they're not a successful team. I have the thought. I think that, this city team is the best team in English football history. They, yeah, I mean, no it, one has bossed this league like they have done, um, even in one season. So for them to do it two years in a row is madness. 
Yeah, I mean, and you just look at you look at Liverpool's season. Um, it's the perfect example of that. Liverpool had one of the best seasons ever um, in English football, and it wasn't good enough. And that speaks to how incredible this City team has been, how consistent the City team has been. We were talking a couple years ago, I'm going to bring up Chelsea again with that Antonio Conte season. They broke the record or they tied the record for most consecutive Premier League wins with 13. City just won 13 games in a row to win the league. 14. 14. Okay, so they even yeah, so they even broke that. So they I mean obviously it's not they they broke the record uh set by Arsenal and Chelsea um last season. But like had they not yeah. this would have been it, it, I think it would have been talked about even more. It's like this team in order to win the league, they needed to have one of the best win streaks in uh Premier League history and and they did that. Yeah. Um they now own the two uh, biggest single season win streaks. Last season they had 18 wins in a row, and this season they have they had 14. And that's that is one of the the most remarkable things about it. Liverpool didn't just put pressure on them. Liverpool were in this race head. Uh, you know they're going toe to toe for the final three months for the entire for the entire season. They're going toe to toe, but still for the for this final two three months, it's been you know. Whoever, whoever drops one point, whoever doesn't win just one match, isn't going to be champions. And I think it's, uh, I would say, fitting on on Everton's part that Everton was the last team to take points off of either of these teams. Liverpool uh, got a draw in the Merseyside derby. Had that not occurred. Liverpool are champions. So uh they they played their part but like you said City had to win 14 games in a row to be Premier League champions. And City won 14 games in a row. Anything less they're that's second place. Anything less than 14 consecutive wins is second place and they pulled it off. Mhm. Yeah, and I mean, it, and we didn't, and obviously we didn't know that going into it when you know, when that streak started. It wasn't like, all right, you need to win these all these games to to do it. But that's how good Liverpool have been this season. Liverpool finished their season with, I believe, six or seven wins in a row, and they only had one loss all season. So what what City had to do and what they were able to do, it's it it's just astounding, and um, you know. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, we talked about sustainability. It's going to be interesting to see how good this team is going to be next year because they still have a lot of young players. They had, they had two of the, two of their player of the year candidates. Um, one of them, won young player of the year. I mean, obviously I don't think you could give young player of the year to Raheem Sterling anymore. Um, I think Bernardo Silva, was in I don't know if he was in that category as well, but he's also a very young player that you could give that award to. Um, they they still like yeah, there's some aging parts around that team, but they have so much depth. We haven't even seen their best left back play for like not even we haven't even seen him play for a half season. 
half or for a, yeah half a season. Benjamin Mendy has been hurt both times. I remember after the first season that they had the best season ever. Didn't even have their best left back for most of the year, and then we were able to get him again at the beginning of this year. But then he got hurt again, and we just we haven't even seen this team at full strength yet. Yeah, um, you know, last season it was uh, Fabian Delph that filled in uh, in that spot a lot. Late this season, it's been Alexander Zinchenko um, playing playing that role, and I think that Mendy's uh, injury problems are going to lead City to uh, purchase a new left back. Who cares for them? They've got the money to do it um, because Mendy has played. Not, I would, I would guess that he hasn't even come close to playing a half of his season's worth of games in the past two years, but he's got two Premier League titles. He's, and he's got a World Cup under his belt in that span. So I wouldn't say that he cares all that much, but, um, uh, and not saying that he doesn't want to be back on the field, but even when he's not, he's, he's getting winners medals for it. So uh, you're right, though. You know, we haven't seen it hasn't been a city team that, you know, they've had their best 11 players for the majority of the season. Kevin De Bruyne has dealt with injury problems this season and they haven't had him late and they still are winning games. Um, still got 98 points. And, yeah. So and in all of Pep's interviews, whether it was before the match or after the match that clinched in the title, he said next season we're going to be better. So you know, we're going to have to improve. Now, I, I, I if don't. You didn't. <laughs> I yeah, <laughs> be a lot cooler if you didn't. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd prefer. I'd prefer that they did not. But honestly, from just a, a neutral viewpoint, if they improve, that's going to be a hell of a team to watch. If he's right, how could you take your eyes off that team? Yeah, and I mean, you look at. But they get they had a hundred hundred points last season. They only missed that by two points, so it's one draw. One one result. They were one result worse this season. Uh, I I can't even imagine going up against a team that's better than the one that we've seen over the past two years. It doesn't. It it's not something that's going to be fun to watch. Like. Uh... You know, Arsenal haven't had success against them. Chelsea, did Chelsea beat them at uh, this season, but then also lost 5-0 or? 6-0. 6-0? But they also won the first game, didn't they? They won at home 2-0. And then, of course, there was that, that League Cup final that went to yeah. penalties. So With uh, good old boss Keppa. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 going to be going to be wild if this city team somehow improves, but does it, do you think that English football is in danger of um, kind of turning into uh, the Bundesliga where we've seen the same team win it for however many years in a row now? I think Juventus have eight consecutive league titles. Um, and the, so Juventus won seven in a row and then thought, yeah, not enough. Let's add Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, La Liga seems to, it's not all Barcelona, but it's mostly Barcelona. Um, and, you know, are, 
is the Premier League going in that direction with Pep Guardiola as the boss of Man City? Or do you think that uh, it's going to be someone else at the top next season? Um, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to bet against Manchester City winning a third title in a row. Um, but I don't think it is going there just yet. I mean, you look at you look at Europe and you look at there. Uh, something you tweeted out from the account. There are four teams in a European final this year, none of which are Manchester City, none of which are Manchester United, the teams that finished top two last year. So you look at Manchester City, yeah, they, they've ruled England, but in the biggest competition in the in in European football, or you know, even you know, besides maybe outside the World Cup, the biggest competition in all of uh world football, uh the Champions League, there are two English teams in them and and, and, and neither of them are Man City. So it shows the quality in this league. Um, obviously, we've, we've talked about Liverpool. They got 97 points in there in a Champions League final. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting. I think no matter what cities, City had a more successful season, even if Liverpool go on to win the Champions League. I think I don't think City need to win the FA Cup to say, oh, we had a more successful season than Liverpool. I think having the league and getting two trophies while also finishing above Liverpool makes them more successful. But I mean, you look at Liverpool. I think I think Liverpool's going to sustain this for a little bit. I think everyone around them. I think Chelsea are going to do their best to improve. Obviously, they have that transfer ban. I think Arsenal are still working. Um, United, we're going to see what what they can bring in the type of players they can bring in and and Tottenham I think Tottenham I mean they've kind of stayed around the same spot for for a while but again they have I think Tottenham it's, it's a lot of it's down to them getting that first trophy and if they win the Champions League what does that propel them to uh in the future so I think it's very exciting but again it's hard to to go against Man City because I, I mean even if they win next year I think it's going to be a hell of a fight for it yeah, you think about, um, you mentioned Spurs, you know, going through a bit of a title drought, um, a trophy drought right now, and to think that they could end that with a Champions League trophy is uh, insane, but it's the, all the credit to them for uh, for getting themselves there. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, 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 it's been a crazy season for English football. You know, four, really has. four teams in European finals, and you have two teams at the top of the table with two of the best seasons of all time. Mm-hmm. This is, there's, <laughs> this season and last season were the only two seasons that Liverpool's 97 points would not win the title. The only yeah. two Premier League seasons that, that is not good enough uh, to be called champions. Um, but, Honestly, really, credit to Liverpool and the way that they handled um, the match yesterday. Um, the crowd was in was in a good mood after a 2-0 win, even though it meant uh, they didn't win the title. Not nearly as good of a mood, of course, as they would have been if, if they did snatch the title, if Brighton helped them out. But um, I, I think having that Champions League final to look forward to keeps kept them in a good mood um and the the players do of liverpool do deserve a lot of credit for what they have achieved this season um but 
if they don't win the Champions League, they could be they could go down in history as the best club, the best English club um, to not win a trophy in the history of English football. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, once that happens, you're, you're, you're forgotten. You know what I mean? I mean, people will talk about it because of, you know, the banter surrounding it. But you need to solidify your season with, with a trophy. You know, just getting second place isn't, isn't good enough. Yeah, um, it's it it comes down to silverware, and it's it's been fine margins that have gotten City this title, with uh, Aguero's goal going over by eleven millimeters, or uh, John Stones' goal line clearance against Liverpool, um, uh, you know, by a similar margin. Um, you know, it's just been it, they you need a little bit of luck, but City have that luck. Liverpool have gotten lucky a couple of times as well, but. Um, just one point less lucky, I guess. Yeah, and you know their biggest the, the biggest stroke of luck is it's pretty interesting because it came against Everton, and then Everton were really the team that essentially ensured that they were not going to win win the league. Um, so you know, obviously that's that's some sort of bragging rights for Everton against their 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 crosstown rival, but. Um, I mean, it's it's incredible. We're talking about luck in a season where these two teams were just high and away, so much better than everyone else. Uh, but like, but I guess that's that's what you need. You just need a little bit more luck to to push you over. You know, there's two teams that are that much better than everyone else. One, it, what else is going to decide it? But yeah, you know, luck. Yeah, pretty much. Twenty twenty five points stronger Liverpool were than third place Chelsea. Um. Which the gap between the gap between uh, sixth and seventh over the past few years has been pretty big, uh, but second from second to third being that big is pretty unbelievable, um, and it just shows how good City and Liverpool have both been this season. Um, but we do have more to talk about. But first, we're gonna head for a quick ad break. Welcome back to Footy Adieu, a delusional soccer podcast. We've covered City winning the title, Liverpool coming up just short, but having something to look forward to in a few weeks. Um, but let's head down towards the bottom part of the table. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion have sacked Chris Hutton, even though he kept them up, uh, got them two points clear of the drop zone in 17th place by the end of the season. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brighton giving him the boot uh, after, after this season? Well, I mean, first of all, it's incredibly harsh to be fired by both Brighton and Hove Albion. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> and that's firings. the delusion of the week, everybody. Uh, no, um, thanks for tuning in. I think it was, I think it was the right move. Um, okay, I think you look at what Brighton was able to do the first season. He, they were pretty impressive. They never really flirted too much with, with relegation. Um, and that sort of just fizzled out this year. This year, they were very much close to to that conversation. And I think next year, it would just be more of the same. I think I think next year, if they don't make a change now, they are in danger of dropping. Um, just because I think they've gradually sort of worked their way back down uh, towards towards that lower level. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just think I just don't see Hutton keeping them up for another year. 
Um, so I think it was, I think they need to shake things up, freshen things up a bit and uh, try and do their best to, to stay up. But yeah, I don't think he was the man to do it next year. Yeah. Now there are some rumors regarding uh, who's going to take over at Brighton. Isn't there? Yes. I just recently got an update that Frank Lampard is in the running for it. Um, obviously he still has an outside chance of bringing Derby County up into the Premier League. Uh, they got sixth place. They're down one nil in their uh, playoff semifinal against Leeds. But it looks like this is this is another opportunity. Even if he does not um, get Premier League football next year, he has another opportunity for it. It'll be interesting to see if he, you know, if he uh, becomes you know the front runner for the job. Uh, and whether or not he decides to take it or if he decides to stay with Darby and try and get them up. But uh, that, yeah, that's one name I heard. Obviously, there's the the Premier League recycling of managers that you hope we don't see um, with with Brighton. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in. Alan Pardew and Big Sam knocking on the door. Yeah, well, so Alan Pardew will coach Brighton and Big Sam will take Hove Albion. Oh, that it's that's good. Split the job because to have you know both jobs there, it's just too much pressure for one guy, right? We yeah. Well, I mean, you bring the manager in and you say, "Look, forty points. That's what we need." So you tell <laughs> both managers that they get eighty points. They're they're in the top four. Yeah, that's that's good enough for third. So too, too many too many. There's delusion. there is the delusion of the week. I'd have to assume you can't come up with anything better, um, but Brighton is going to get 40 points and Hove Albion is going to get 40 points. And there you go. The Seagulls in third place next season. You heard it here first. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's a little bit harsh to get, to get the sack after keeping the team up, but they had a, what a run to finish the season where they won three matches out of 23. Um, they went almost, I think what, seven or eight matches without scoring a goal. Um, they were, yeah, it was like I believe you said something about like it was like eight hours or something. Yeah, it w- they were horrendous um, in the second half of the season. They were absolutely horrible. So, um, applaud Hewton for the job that he did in his uh, four and a half year tenure, but it's it's time to make a change. Um, they they just were not good enough. They weren't. It wasn't a team, you know, that was they were too good. Uh, to to not be playing Premier League football next season, it was that there was three teams that just were so so much worse. Um, so Huddersfield go down with 16 points, Fulham with 26, and Cardiff finish with 34 after winning against Manchester United at Old Trafford on the final day as well. Quick mention about that: Cardiff beating United. And keeping a clean sheet at Old Trafford is one of the, it has to be one of the most embarrassing ways to go out for Manchester United. Um, I the know best, that the best tweet ever, the best tweet ever came out. I think you you either liked it or retweeted it, but it was the one. It's like it took some time, but Ali's finally getting Cardiff to play well. Yeah, it took him five years Which... to uh, to get him to play well, but Cardiff finally looking good, and it's it's absolutely. <laughs> 
remarkable that that like the storyline there you know he was terrible with cardiff but now can't even beat them and it reminds you back to uh when david Moyes was in charge of united the game that got him sacked was a loss to everton so a loss against his former club um united finished this season so so poorly um but honestly that the 2-0 loss against cardiff really is not getting the attention that it deserves because it is complete. That's a complete embarrassment for Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, what is ha- what has happened to that team? To put it um, into to you know the think to think of one word to describe this loss, it's you know you look at it and you just think, woof, done, no thanks, goodbye. That it, it's just awful. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's 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 going to be not to not to go away from Cardiff. I mean, was we we actually talked about it on the the last podcast. We talked about how interesting it could have been um, in the top four race with those two teams, Brighton and Cardiff, both playing against the Manchester clubs. Um, but like already, I mean, by that time, Manchester United had already played them out of, played themselves out of contention. They finished the season against Cardiff and Huddersfield, eighteenth and twentieth, and they get one point. Um, that impressive, is, really. Uh, <laughs> um, Ollie's at the wheel, back- but whatever vehicle he's at the wheel of seems to have lost their wheels. So, yeah, um, I don't see a wheel anywhere or. <laughs> more wheels um the thing another thing with like brighton you look at the teams around them in in the bottom of the table um it's southampton and burnley and then you also i mean bournemouth bournemouth have have constantly done so well uh since they've come up and then you know they kind of fizzle out towards the end of the year so they drop down the table a little bit uh but Bur- you look at burnley and southampton i think burnley they they improved as the season went on. There's sort of a late surge for them. They're not going to have the same issues next year that they had this year dealing with Europa League football. So I think they're going to bounce back. You look at Southampton with uh, Haas and Hoodle, Um, You know, I, I'm kind of surprised seeing them in, in 16th. But, you know, I think next year they're going to continue that improvement and growth under him. So those are two other teams that you're not even going to even see near Brighton. Um Obviously, some other teams in that table might drop down towards their level, but looking at looking at the table, um, without taking into consideration the the newly promoted sides, just looking at the seventeen teams who who stayed up this year, Brighton are the clear would for me would be the clear favorite uh, to go to go down. Um, so yeah, I mean, a change definitely had to be made. Yeah, and we'll we'll see uh, what that changes for Brighton um, in the coming days, hopefully um, so that they can start to plan for next season and improve themselves so that they don't find themselves in another relegation scrap. Um, Now time to talk about the golden boot. Um, I can say that the only, the only reason I can think that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was in the starting 11 for Arsenal this week was because he, uh, put in a word with the boss, uh, said, you know, good evening. I would like to go for the golden boot on the final day. He got a brace uh, to bring him to 22 goals. Sadio Mane gets a brace um, to get to 22. Mo Salah just needed one goal um, to 
take that award with himself. But 22 goals for Salah, Mane, and Aubameyang on the season. Three African players are sharing the golden boot, which is a true testament to uh, the growth of football uh, in that continent. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, like when Leicester won the league player of the year, Riyad Mahrez, he was the first um, first player to, to win uh, player of the year, first African player to win player of the year. Um, obviously, you've had, you know, greats like, like Drogba um, in, in the Premier League before, but yeah, to see three of them up at the top of that scorers list is is something to be really excited about something that's that's it's truly remarkable it's really cool to see yeah it is the first time in premier league history that more than one african player has scored 20 goals in a season and he did it with three two of them being on the same team so a very impressive year for the uh for these players and i'll just say it i want to uh Aubameyang missed the most big chances of any player in the Premier League this season. So the only reason, the only person he can blame for not taking this title outright is himself. Because he had the chances to do it, and he uh, didn't find a way. And it's it's fitting. Um, it shows the type of player that he is because he scores a lot of goals, but he also does miss a lot of chances. He missed a sitter. He He's in the six yard box sliding in. It's not it's not like a tap in where, you know, he's just standing there and waiting for the ball to get to him and taps it wide. He is sliding in, but he put the ball <laughs> well wide um to, you know, and that that took his chances of a hat trick away. Um so the only only reason uh that he wasn't there alone is uh you know he's he's got himself to blame. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty fitting. I think it's just that's just the type of player he is. He creates a lot of chances, um, but again, he also he's not the most clinical of strikers. But he does, he you know he has some streaks where he's very clinical, has some streaks where he is very poor uh, with, with his finishing. But he creates so many chances. Um, you know, you won't be complaining if you're an Arsenal fan. Uh, too much because you know he's able to he's able to grab twenty goals. That's what you that's what you have to ask for your striker. You ask for your striker to get twenty goals a season, and he the way he plays can be frustrating at times because he does create so many changes, so he misses a lot of big ones, but he does he does get a lot of goals. Yeah, he does thirty one in all competitions and one game to go in the Europa League final. Um, how massive is it for the Premier League? that all four European finalists are English. We've got City, and, or uh, not City, <laughs> good one, Zach. Uh, we got <laughs> Liverpool and Spurs in the Champions League final and a London derby being played out in good old Azerbaijan uh, by Chelsea and, and Arsenal in the Europa League final. Um, how big is that for English football? It's huge. I mean, we, like we, we were looking at it there was there was talk about it a couple of years ago where England wasn't really performing in Europe, um, and there was talk about like if they continue to not perform, you know, there, there there could be talk of, you know, taking one of the spots away, taking one of the Champions League spots away. Obviously, never got even close to to that, but yeah, the the conversation was being had, um, and now you look at it, the entire the entirety of Europe 
European files are English clubs that is with no uh, no break, no you know winter break, um, which even adds to how impressive it is. They just they just they were have not slowed down and they kept going. It's really exciting to say. Yeah, no winter break, and it's not that it's just no winter break. It's that there's that the the winter is actually the busiest time in English football, um, making it that more impressive when you're when you're uh, the opponents that you're going up against in Europe are off for three weeks while you're playing three games in a week. Um, it looks like you have a disadvantage, but it didn't work out that way this season. Um, yeah, I remember. So it, it had something to do, uh, you know, that fourth spot leaving England uh, potentially had something to do with the way that English clubs performed over a five-year period, but UEFA um, actually changed the rule for that. So it it's so that the top leagues now have four guaranteed places. So instead of England losing a fourth Champions League spot, it's they've made it so that even fourth place is not a qualifying spot. It's an automatic uh, Champions League spot. So the English clubs don't even have to deal with Champions League qualifying anymore if you don't finish um, in the top three. So instead of losing that spot, it, they've actually become more solidified, which will help um, English clubs going forward because their season starts a little bit later now. Um, but a, a huge accomplishment for English football, the UEFA Super Cup next season will be all English, which is is it's going to be massive. It really is. And hopefully English football can continue the success um, for the years to come because it's it's been exciting to watch. Not only are they getting to finals, but it's big comebacks and uh, exciting matches. Um, yeah. Now I have a question. Here's, here's something that just popped in my head. Uh, the Community Shield. Yeah. If Manchester City win the FA Cup, who plays Manchester City in the in the Community Shield? Is it that's something that I'll have to look up? Um, is it second place or is it? It's either second place or runners up. Whoever wins whoever of whoever the wins FA the Cup. Cup. So is it? It would yeah, just so, be an FA Cup rematch. Um, yeah, or I mean, even if Watford are to win it, it's just going to be an FA Cup rematch. Or it'd be Liverpool City, and potentially Liverpool would then have to possibly play in the UEFA Super Cup. Huh. Um, yeah, yeah, just have City play whoever won the League Cup. Yeah, that'll oh, <laughs> that'll work. Um, <laughs> it's just so a it, scrimmage. Um, it'll be the runner-up of the FA Cup. So the Community Shield next season is going to be. Uh, it's already set. Yeah, it's already City and Watford. Okay, interesting. interesting. I don't know that well, it's that it should be that way. I would. I feel like a the runner up of the Premier League. Uh, I mean, it definitely maybe, this year it definitely makes the most sense considering how close yeah. Liverpool were to winning it. Um, but huh. I, it's it's not a rule that they really need to look into changing because I don't think that domestic doubles are going to happen every single season like this. So, um, but also yeah, it's the community shield. It doesn't matter unless you win it. Yeah. You, you are very, very correct. If, if you win it, it's a trophy. If you don't, it's a preseason friendly. Um, now it is time, my friend to get delusional. 
Oh boy. Um. Yeah. Weird, weird season uh, for Chelsea. And that is my delusion. Now, my delusion <laughs> is I, I so watching the the second leg of Chelsea's um, semifinal against Eintracht Frankfurt, and I had already decided my delusion, regardless of how that game went. Uh, I think I think Chelsea winning that obviously. It's such it, it's this is this is going to be hot. This is going to be a hot take. It's very delusional. I think Chelsea losing that game would have been a better result for them in the long term because I think what because I mean I've gotten into debates with people on Twitter about this. I like what Chelsea have had this season. They've made it into two cup finals. They finished third. Yet I I'm still just. I'm not sold on this manager. I'm not sold at all on him going forward. But I think with all the stuff that's happened, the way I, I completely respect what he's been able to do this season. And I believe because of that, he's earned the right to be the manager next season. Whereas deep down, I really don't want that. I don't think that that's the right move in the long term. Uh, because of his lack of adaptability, because of his, uh, he doesn't really, I feel like he just doesn't really get what the club is about. A uh, big moment when, you know, and it obviously didn't hurt Chelsea, a big moment that happened in the game was uh, Andreas Christensen got injured. Antonio Rudiger was already out. Um, and club captain Gary Cahill's on the bench, who has not been played really at all this season, you know, Sarri said he doesn't really fit his system, but Sarri also hasn't really talked to him too much and made him a big part of that locker room as a captain, which I believe was the wrong approach. Um, I, th- I feel like he's shown a lot of respect to Gary Cahill. Um, and he has a center back on the bench. His center back gets hurt and he puts on Davide Zappacosta, uh, a fullback. Uh, so I, it was just I, that that angered me. I felt like, it, what is the point of even bringing on, or what is even the point of having a center back on the bench if you're not going to use him in that situation? So that felt a little bit disrespectful. Um, so I think he just lacks. He doesn't really understand the identity of what makes Chelsea Chelsea. I think he's always sort of misunderstood that. And but I mean, his team has his team bailed him out. I think people were saying like, yo, he he was still able to get to it like a final. I mean, if you're watching that game against Frankfurt, Frankfurt coming off a 6-1 league loss, going to Chelsea, it shouldn't have been that hard for Chelsea with the advantage already having an away goal. It shouldn't have been that hard for Chelsea to advance on penalties. Yeah. Um, um, also, that so 6-1 I, loss, I I believe all six, uh, all seven goals in that game were scored in the first half. Yeah. They were scored in like a 25-minute span. Um <laughs> But I think he's gotten incredibly lucky with uh, – he's got – first of all, he's gotten incredibly lucky to even get top four with all the teams crumbling around them. Uh, and I think he got incredibly lucky to even make the final. Uh, people were talking to me saying, oh, like the substitu- the substitution worked out. Zappacosta had a clearance off the line. He had a couple good shots. My point of it was he moved uh, – Aspilicueta, who has played center back in a back three, but never a back two. He moved him to center back and he almost got sent off like immediately after that happened and probably should have gotten sent off for a challenge that he had. 
I think he got incredibly lucky to even go through, and I think them not going through probably would have ended his term, ended his reign there at Chelsea, and I think it probably would have been for the best because I don't think he's the right manager going forward. Yeah. Um, that's so, so the delusion is that a loss would have been better um, term. For, for in the long term for Chelsea. Um, I see where you're coming from. Um, sometimes an unsuccessful season uh, pushes the club in the right direction. And it, you know, third place finished above Spurs who were in the title race at some point. Um, and a European final. I think that, um, I think that it, it constitutes him keeping his job. Now, um, you did get delusional earlier in the season saying that regardless of where you finish, where Chelsea finishes, uh, sorry should go. Um, and you're, you're, you're sticking to that. And I, uh, I respect that, but it's going to be tough for them to say goodbye to him after, um, the way that this season finished. So, um, but you know, we'll, we'll look at that in the long run and we'll, we'll see if your delusion is accurate. Um, yeah, we do as we, so, as, uh, we will plan to look back on all these delusions in an episode, like in a week or so, um, and sort of, sort of see how they've, um, how they've held up. Some have held up pretty good. Some have been very bad, but some have been very bad and some we, uh, have not seen the full potential because they're more long-term delusions, but we're definitely going to be uh, looking at that, looking at our delusions in the weeks to come to, uh, you know, we're going to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one thing I will just mention, I coming into like going into that game, I was thinking to myself with Chelsea finishing top four, I was like, man, I think my top four, um, even if top they get top four, sorry has to go. I was like, I don't know if that that delusion's holding up. And you had told me that we were going to be discussing them uh, at length at some point on, on an episode. But then I watched that semifinal game, and I was like, No, I think I think I still feel the same way. <laughs> so, but we'll, we'll we'll dive deep into that as we as we move forward, and we're gonna have a fun episode, just basically uh, patting ourselves on the back or completely making fun of each other for awful awful predictions but uh that this this has been another episode of footy ado a delusional soccer podcast if you did not know the definition of the totally made up phrase footy ado it is a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association uh thank you for listening we are going to play play us out with a uh with a rather fitting song to uh to how we feel about the premier league season being over.